it's good to be back. I know we were only gone one Sunday, but sometimes that just feels like a long time. I mean, <clears throat> maybe it was a long time or it was just a long trip. So, <clears throat> this morning's message, uh, tried to come up with a catchy title and the, the title's probably catchier than anything else. Uh, answering the call changes everything. And this is not just aimed at our two graduates. Uh, don't, don't feel like we're singling you out on everything this morning, but if it singles you out, great. We, we won't be mad at it either. Uh, we'll try to hit mom and dad some too, and grandparents and everybody else. But um, if you would, turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3. And, and this is the, the main body of our text this morning. It, it reads, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and, and ran to Eli. Here, I'm, here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And if you're reading in any other translation, it'll say Samuel, Samuel. And I'm not trying to confuse anybody there, but... Uh, Sometimes I forget that I'm reading the the cookies on the bottom shelf version. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> if you're in the King James, there's a lot more thee, thine, and thou, and, and you know, have fun with the King's English. But uh, <clears throat> for whatever reason, this translation doesn't repeat the name, and I'm getting aggravated at my own Bible this morning because it's important. Uh, Back in verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. Which I do like that translation. About to do a shocking thing. <clears throat> Graduates, can I tell you that uh, in case no one else has been real with you, life is about to get shocking. And all the people who've experienced a little bit of life start to giggle at that. And you may think, nah, whatever, dude, whatever. I was that guy too, okay? I can relate to you. I thought, nah, there's no way. You can't hurt me. I'm going to go out here and, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do college my way. Uh, I found out some things really quickly in that first semester. If you want to hear stories, you just come ask. I'll tell you all the stories. And <clears throat> it was shocking. But... This is the, the thing this morning that, that jumped off the page to me as I prepared that 
Samuel grew up in the church. And if you have the correct translations, it, it actually reads this way, that, that he grew up in the church ministering to Eli. He was serving in the church. Literally, physically grew up in the temple. And you have to go back and get the backstory. If you go back to Mother's Day, moms, get your tissue out. This is the child I prayed for. Uh, this is that child, okay? He grew up in the church, surrounded by the presence of God, surrounded by people speaking about God, and he didn't know who the Lord was. I want you to understand this morning, and, and this is not just to the graduates, this is to everyone in the building. You can be in the church every Sunday and not know who the Lord is. You can know all about the Lord and not know who the Lord is if you're not in a relationship with Him. That, that is uncomfortable for people, but I'm telling you the truth of God's Word is there are a lot of good people who know about God that will split hell wide open when eternity comes. That is the reality of if you don't know Jesus and have a relationship with Him, there, there's two groups of people. People who know Jesus and have a relationship with Him. They are bound for heaven. There are people who know about God or don't know about God or don't know, you know, maybe they're good people, what you would call good or bad. I'm telling you the difference between the people going to heaven and the people going to hell is a relationship with Jesus Christ. They know him. Samuel was serving in the temple and he didn't know the Lord. That, that ought to shake you a little bit this morning. And the word of the Lord, according to the, uh, the I want to say it was the NAS, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. I want you to understand that, that God can use whoever He wants to speak His Word. I have scriptural proof of that. You know, I'm just maybe a step above or a step below Balaam's donkey. I'm not really sure. But a lot of people that are out there preaching a lot of things, saying they're doing it in the name of Jesus, the Word of God is kind of rare in our day as well. Because there's a lot of people out there that are telling you a lot of things that don't line up with the Word of God. You're about to step into college where I'll just tell you, even on major Christian campuses, the Word of God is very rare these days. Young ladies, I'm, I'm going to hit you directly with that one. I'll, I'll hit mom and dad directly with that one too, that your babies are walking out into a world where the Word of God is rare. And in the middle of all that, I want you to understand, we live in that same thing. We live in that same place that Samuel was at. God still desires to speak to us. And, and we look a little closer at this story. Eli, who was the prophet of God at that time, was distancing himself from his calling and you have to go back to chapter two to get the fullness of that he was burdened down with the wickedness of his sons 
And despite him trying to gently correct them, he's a weak parent. Anyways, no, that's that's another message. But you know, put the remember Sunday school. Put a little yeah. Okay, we we can't go there. If you missed Sunday school, you missed it. You're not. I'm not gonna make that joke because people are gonna think I abuse my children. Um, but Eli. Eli's focus and his trying to find rest and comfort is in his own place. And, and I love how the King James reads that Eli's eyes had begun to grow dim. He'd started to lose his sight. And, and there's so much more depth to that than we can get into because a lot of times, if you look scripturally, what does the enemy try to take from you first? Your vision. Okay, when Samson was overthrown by the Philistines, what's the first thing they did? They gouged out his eyes. And, and it, I'm not trying to be gross before we eat, but you know they, that, that was not a, you know, they took and put him under anesthesia and surgically. No, they took hot irons and seared his eyes out so that he would never see again. Because if you can't see, you can't fight. Eli, his eyes had grown dim because he really literally started to physically lose his vision, but he'd started to lose a vision for his role in leading God's people. And Samuel, in contrast, is finding his rest and laying in the temple. Even before he was called, he started to find a sense of place, a sense of comfort in the presence of God. And... It's really great because when God begins to speak to him, that comfort goes away. Because how many of you like being woke up by somebody calling you out of a sleep? And I'm getting the big eyes from my wife who I really am beginning to think is, you know, nocturnal. Because I don't or she's special forces because nobody sleeps as little as her, you know, and, and can sleep in as weird a places as she does. But that's another story. Uh, the call can be confusing when you don't recognize God's voice. The Lord's calling to Samuel and he's calling to him and, and Samuel gets confused and thinks, oh, that's Eli. So he goes in and tells Eli, you called for me. Eli said, no, I didn't. And if you get that, that, that's not Eli's in a different room. Eli is in his own place, which refers to more of a private residency. So Samuel's going in and out of the temple trying to answer a call that's not necessarily the call. Anybody getting more spam calls lately? This is my ADD trail. I've had more weird spam call locations this week. I, I have no idea where Crystal Lake, Nevada is. The, the spam caller is going to make me a better geography teacher. And I get confused. I'm on a do not call list. Why are these people calling me? This happens multiple times before Eli finally realizes, wait a minute, this boy is hearing from God. Parents, I want you to understand there's going to be times with your graduates that you're going to look at it and you're going to say, there's no way. God does not, God couldn't want you to do that. You know, I'm telling you my dreams and my parents' dreams butted heads. 
Okay, so if you find yourself there today, ladies, you're in good company. My dreams and my parents' dreams butted heads. And it finally came to a point where God's dreams and my parents' dreams butted heads. Who do you think won? I'll just tell you. When, when I told my dad I wanted to go to Bible college, this is not a knock on my dad. He's a parent just like anyone else. We, we have the mindset of we're going to launch our children out into the world to be better than we were. Anybody ever think or say that about your kids? I want you to have it better than I did. I want you to be more successful than I was. Or, you know, we throw these expectations on our children that it, I'm not going to try and preach our next series ahead of time, but it's not what we were called to do as a family. But when I said I wanted to go to Bible college, he said, but you've got everything lined up to where you can go finish out your degree in a year and a half and start your career. Why don't you go finish your degree and then go to Bible college? And I looked him dead in the eye as lovingly as a smart aleck 20-year-old can, and I said, because God told me to. And, and it was a, a rift with my parents, which I didn't recognize was a natural separation that God put in where I would lean on him instead of leaning on them. That, that's an uncomfortable moment you'll get to. Okay, People used to throw this phrase, stand on your own two feet. I, I didn't want to stand on my own two feet. I wanted to stand on the rock of Christ Jesus because it was the only foundation that I knew was not going to shift in a world that's continually shifting. If you don't think our world's continually shifting, wake up. Wake up. Watch a few TikToks. There's some good ones out there. They're not all trash. They're, they're giggling at me now. I'm, I'm finally hip with the TikTok. I'll start producing soon. I just got to figure out all the buttons. Maybe you two can give me a tutorial before you leave for college, okay? But it's confusing when, when God begins to speak to you because you're not used to hearing his voice. When you become comfortable with his voice, that will change. But Samuel's response, and I'm, I'm drifting back towards the King James, and that's okay. That, that's what I cut my teeth on scripturally. Samuel's initial response is, here am I which modern English, here I am. Hebrew is Hanani. And that's a call to attention. I'm here, I'm called to attention. What do you have to tell me? And, and I used to think, man, that's really awesome, you know, that that was his reply. But he was giving that reply to Eli. His response of, here am I, was to Eli, not to God. And, and finally, when Eli recognized this, and, and I want you to understand, young people in the room, and that is anyone younger than Dale, no. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> he had a birthday, we'll take the shot. Uh, young people in the room and, and more mature people in the room because both, both groups have a role here. Mentors matter. Okay, Eli was not the, the, the picture-perfect version of, of who Christianity should be. He definitely was not the model parent. 
but he was more mature in hearing the voice of God. Thereby, he was qualified to be a mentor to Samuel. And, and Samuel, in this moment, steps in and becomes the mentor he should be. This may be one of the best moments in Samuel's life, uh, other than later in the chapter when he takes extreme ownership for all of his stuff, but we're not getting there today. So that's your freebie. When you go home later, you read the rest of it. You want to see some extreme ownership of, yeah, I've, whatever God said I did, I did, and I'll take ownership for it. And whatever he says, because he's God, I'll let him do, which awesome. But he steps in and he directs Samuel in how to respond to God. Because how you respond to the leadership of men is not necessarily a direct reflection of how you respond to God's leadership. I want you to understand when God tells me to do something, I do it. When my boss tells me to do something, I do it, but I'm going to spend a lot more time. Man, I don't know. Back of my mind is always, man, I love you, boss, but I don't know. Come on, man. Come on, are you kidding and the more I think about how my boss tells me to do something, the less sometimes I want to do it. That ever happened to y'all? Because it's real easy to get there. But God, when the Spirit of God and the voice of God tells me to do something, if I go against that, it's rebellion. And according to Scripture, that's the sin of witchcraft. It doesn't say I have to like it, it doesn't say it's going to be comfortable. But in the end, obedience to God always brings righteousness and peace. Rebellion against God always brings sin, and sin brings death. Powerful stuff there. But Samuel's here am I becomes speak, Lord, your servant hears. It's not a call to attention. I'm here to just blindly grunt follow orders. It's, it's I'm releasing control of the entire situation because I want to hear from you. I want, I want it to be a, an intimate hearing of what you have to say, not just a I follow orders like a blind soldier. Speak is the Hebrew word debar. And, and it, the, this takes it back almost to where I'm, it's going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but debar in, in Hebrew not only means vocally speak, but it means command. And, and not just command, but absolute command, where, where there is no option to deny what is spoken. Here, is the Hebrew word sama, and, and it is the same exact word they use for obey. So God, when you command, I obey. And he identifies himself as servant, and this will make people really uncomfortable, and that's okay. Uh, the, the Hebrew word is abed, which is slave. Now, this is not popular. 
really not popular in America because we fought an excruciating war to free people from slavery. So when you start talking about slavery, it's instantly this horrible connotation with it. But if you go into the New Testament, Paul over and over and over uses this terminology. And the translators all try and soften it up and use the word servant. But you go back to the original Greek and it is slave. He, he goes as far at one point as to say bondservant. And, and a bondservant in those days had one ear pierced, which is kind of a cool 80s fad. But <clears throat> now nah, it was 90s, wasn't it? Late 80s, early 90s. Steve shaking his head like, yeah. I'm only going to pierce my left ear and wear a pink tux to the prom. But um, <clears throat> how different does it look when God begins to speak to you if you acknowledge that, God, I'm your slave? Whatever you command me to do, I'm going to do. I I'm not a mindless robot, but I put my absolute trust in you as my Lord that when you speak, I want to hear, and I don't just want to hear, I want to obey your relationship with God will drastically change at that point because you'll find yourself starting to do things that used to and probably still will at first make you uncomfortable. It, it is not a comfortable thing to be a Christian in the sense that God wants you to be. A person who boldly proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ will never live a life of comfort. It is uncomfortable to go love the unlovable people of this world. To step into the middle of their mess with the message that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. You realize you have to step into their mess. The ideology of they're going to come to the church for all the answers is not going to happen. Yes, we have the answers. We can put a flashing billboard out there that we have the answers. They're going to think a sonic opened up. And if you don't get uncomfortable and meet them where they're at and love them in spite of their shortcomings. The thing about Samuel, he was serving Eli in spite of Eli's shortcomings. And that's when God really began to speak to Samuel. When God began to speak to Samuel, it is uncomfortable because the first thing that God's going to say to Samuel is, behold or pay attention, I'm about to do something new. You want to freak church people out in a hurry? Talk about doing something new. We're being fair. At your job, how uncomfortable is it when the boss comes in and says, hey, we're going to do something new. You're going to do something new. Yeah, I got enough teachers in the room. You're going to teach a different class next year. You know, hey, we've decided you're all going to teach kindergarten. <laughs> hey, we've decided you're all, all you teachers in the room are going to teach nothing but sixth grade English. After P.E. <laughs> May the, may the odds be ever in your favor. But we're the same way with God. When you begin to hear his voice, he's going to tell you, 
I'm about to do something new. The, the translation I just read from, I'm about to do something shocking. Do you, you know what's absolutely shocking? Is the transforming power of the gospel that can take someone who was living for themselves and, and trying to find pleasure in everything the world had to offer and only thought about themselves and radically transform them into my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. My very essence of living is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that really brings me joy is to share the word of God. Suddenly you could love people that that were outcasts. You could love people who identified themselves under a horrible set of lies. You could love people that had hurt you, betrayed you, sought to ruin you. You could even love some jerk that stole your lawnmower. I was there this week. My initial response, you can ask my kids, was that I felt sorry that they felt they had to steal it. Because if they'd ask, I'd have loaned it to them. If they needed money, I'd have gave them what I could. Or I got odd jobs you can do too if you feel guilty just taking money. Anybody loves ripping down laughing plaster, have I got a job for you. You get to come tear stuff up and I'll pay you to do it. Teenage boys' eyes are lighting up like, tear stuff up? Yes. But Mackenzie and Allie, come on up here. Yeah, you don't have to come all the way up on stage. You know, I'll let you give the back of your heads to Facebook. And, and you know, we, we as a church have some gifts we want to give you, but I want you to understand one thing this morning, that, that there, there's quickly coming a day when you're going to go spread your wings and everything's going to become new. Really, really strive to hear the voice of God. Okay? And be in God's word. That's the only way you'll hear his voice. A lot of people want this audible voice from God. Well, read the Bible out loud. It's the most amazing thing. But God gave us this word to share this morning because he's about to do new things in your life that are far beyond the plans you have for yourself. He's very clear in Jeremiah chapter 29. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. He's not going to keep them a secret, okay? Because if you go into James, it says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives it liberally. And that doesn't mean go be a liberal, okay? We, we won't cross into politics too much, but, you know, <clears throat> stay true to how you were raised, okay? But the, the thing I want you to understand is you're not going out there alone, okay? You, you can take a look past the camera there. You, you'll see mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, 
siblings that annoy the crud out of you, cousins, aunts, uncles. You'll see all these people that have a vested interest in you being successful. Okay? And, and I'll give you a very simple definition of success. Know Jesus and make him known. Everything else is just about making money, having, a, you know, having lots of fun. You know, <clears throat> kids are lots of fun. You two need to get married with, you know, Christian men and repopulate the earth with Christian babies <laughs> and bring them back to church because we love babies. But mom and dad, you're, you're not getting off easy. So if mom, dad, and, and we'll extend it out and let grandma and grandpas come too. I want you to come up and <clears throat> Allie jump over here, Mackenzie stay there. So we have plenty of room for all these bodies we're going to pack up here. You can come too, siblings. <laughs> Gentry's like, come on, man. All right, <clears throat> dads, because I got both dads here. Dads, I want you to get to do this, even though I, I should shove it onto the patriarchs, but we haven't covered that yet, so, so I'm going to let dads do this. Um, th this is one of the most powerful things that we can do for our children, and I encourage... Uh, Every parent here, if you're not already speaking and praying blessing over your children, there's things praying about your children, but there's praying over your children where they hear you speak to God on their behalf is a very powerful thing. And it's one of the, the parts of scripture that we have casually omitted because it's not necessarily comfortable. So... If you dads would just, you know, lay a hand on your daughter and I'll give you a very simple blessing that comes from the word of God in Numbers chapter six. And we pray this over our children every night before bed. That doesn't make us better parents than anybody else. It just makes us knowing that the last thing they heard before they drifted off to sleep was not mom and dad being frustrated with them, was not anything more than mom and dad genuinely want God's blessing on their life. And, and it's a, a blessing, a priestly blessing that, that Moses told Aaron to tell his sons to bless the children of Israel. And, and I promise we're going to go back and break this down in a series on, on building families. Uh, I, I really believe that's where God wants us to go. It's going to be all kinds of fun and uncomfortable because... <clears throat> Because that means i got to quit stinking at it, right? So, if you guys will repeat after me, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift His countenance up on you and give you peace. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together today. Lord, thank you for Allie and for Mackenzie. 
Lord, just as their fathers have prayed over them, God, I pray that you would just surround them with your presence, Lord, and not only to, to protect, but Lord, to guide them, to empower and to embolden them to be ambassadors for you. Lord, to, to speak your word into their own life, but also into the lives of others. Lord, give them wisdom beyond their years. And Lord, surround them with that peace and that hope that comes from knowing you. Lord, be with mom and dad as, as they anxiously prepare to launch their children out into the world. Lord, help them to, to understand that, that you didn't make us slingshots, but Father, you made parents battleships that are aircraft carriers so that their daughters always have a place to come and land. Lord, so they can refuel and go back out onto the mission you've called them to. Lord, we just ask that you be with us as we celebrate these two young ladies. And God, again, just shower your richest blessings down on them. In Jesus' name, amen.